I'm a student ministry director here at River Ridge. I wanna say Merry Christmas to everyone, and especially to all of you guys watching online, wherever you are today, I just wanna encourage you to uh, enjoy a Merry Christmas this year. We get to see family. Like, that was really cool for me this year to go see our family. I hope you've been able to do some of that throughout the holiday season. Uh, it truly is an honor to be able to be on the stage to speak to you today. I'm usually over in the South Auditorium with middle schoolers. I get to hang out with Wired students uh, on Sunday mornings and high schoolers on Sunday nights. And I would be remiss if I didn't share a little bit about what's going on in student ministry uh, in the lives of teenagers today. So last week, we actually had what we call our Momentum Night. And it's one night a month where we actually bring all the middle schoolers, all the high schoolers together, all in one room at one time. And you can imagine the amount of energy that creates. Uh, we actually had a Christmas party. And this wasn't like your normal Christmas party. We actually had a glow night with black lights, lasers, fog machines, cotton candy, and a live DJ. I just wanted to share one photo of the night. Yeah, that, that's, that's what youth ministry looks like in 2021. So uh, it looks a little bit different than what it did when I was growing up. But it's a lot of fun, and we were able to share Jesus with about 25 students that really don't go to church here. So that was a really an encouragement for me to see kids bring their friends and just be an opportunity to witness to them and have a lot of fun. Uh, well, today, I'm gonna be continuing our Christmas series. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. And I hope that you've really taken some time out as we've been through the series, as we've looked at all these different characters, that you've taken time to kind of evaluate your own life, to see how, how you can relate to what we've been talking about. Like, the goal of this series is that as we begin to look a lot like Christmas, like, it's beginning to look like Christmas, but really it's for us to begin to look like we have more hope, to look like we have more peace in our lives, to look like we have more joy, more love. And... The goal for me today is to, to focus on that joy factor, but we're gonna be doing it by focusing on two new characters. We're gonna be introducing those characters in just a minute. We're actually gonna be looking at a very popular portion of the Christmas text. So I believe that this story could be a game changer if you really listen in and lean into the story today. However, you have to be careful that you don't just breeze through the scriptures. Now, I don't know about you if you're like me, but whenever I read some of the more common scriptures in the Bible, I kind of just go on autopilot, like I've heard it so many times. I actually have to force myself to stop and reread some of the scriptures, or, or maybe go down to the bottom and read some commentary about the scripture. Or if I'm honest, maybe just read it in a different voice than what's already inside of my head. Like, I'm just gonna say it, like a lot of the Christmas story and what we're reading today is read to me in the voice of Linus from Charlie Brown. Like. <laughs> I don't know if that's the way it is for you, but as I read this, I can just hear him every time. I have to fight that tension. But if I'm honest, I think we all struggle a little bit with this familiarity issue. Like if we've been in church a long time, we hear the same story over and over. And we, we tend to think that there's nothing else that we're gonna learn from that story. And I just wanna challenge you today. I wanna challenge you to lean in. I wanna challenge you to reread some of these verses and maybe see them in a little bit different perspective than you had before. We're gonna to start today in Luke chapter two. We're gonna start with verses eight through 11. And it says, and there were shepherds, there's one character we're gonna be talking about today, living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel, that's our second character, of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. For today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. 
And if you just look at this passage the very first time, what's really interesting to me is who the angel appears to. Now, I know that a lot of these stories don't really line up to the culture that we live in today. And to be honest, the role of a shepherd isn't something that we're all familiar with. By showing hands, just curious, by showing of hands, how many people personally know someone who's a shepherd? Anybody? Well, that creates a bit of a gap, right? But if the story said something more like this, and there are a bunch of cars waiting to get out of the parking lot after service. <laughs> Anybody relate? Anybody? Yeah? Couple people? Yeah, we've all, we've all been there. What about an angel? Right, the average person wouldn't say that they've had an encounter with an angel. So I think right out of the gate, there's a little bit of this story that kind of makes it hard to relate to, kind of hard for us to wrap our minds around. But if you just take a minute to kind of look through some of these cultural differences, I think you're gonna start to see a story that looks a little bit different. For example, back in the time when Jesus lived, whenever a person would, have, uh, would give birth to a child, they would hire what they called a herald. Now, this herald would be a person who would go out and announce the birth to everyone around them. Now, especially if the family had like a, um, had a boy, right? That would be a sign of God blessing their family, that their family name would continue on. So they would especially hire a herald to go out and tell everyone about this. Well, that's exactly what God does, except God looks around and he doesn't hire a herald, he has angels. So he sends this angel down to earth to announce this new birth. He says, listen up, right? Hark means listen up. And if you've ever seen that song, Hark, the uh, Hark the Herald Angel Sings literally means listen up. The angel is about to make an important announcement. See, aren't you glad you came to church today? Like, didn't that just help? I've seen, I've seen a few faces go, aha. Uh -huh. But what's really interesting to me about this story is who God chooses to send the angel to. Think about it. If the Son of God was gonna be born on the earth, who do you think God would hire or send the angel to go see. Like, maybe if it's just being honest, like for me, I think he would probably go to royalty, right? He would go to, to those that are influential, to the highest ups. He might also go to like, uh, maybe at the very least, probably religious leaders, right? Christian leaders, people that, that could actually spread the news. It's really interesting to me is who he sent them to because instead, God doesn't send them to kings. God chose to make this announcement to a group of shepherds. To which most of you think, well, that's great. You know, my, of course it's shepherds. My nativity scene has shepherds. Right? I see that every year. But what you don't understand is that the shepherds were one of the most disrespected groups of people on the earth. The job of a shepherd was so low that a father, if he had to have the role in the family, would give it to the youngest son. But more often, it was reserved for slaves because shepherds were uneducated. They had no means of advancement in their career. In fact, according to the religious system, shepherds were always rejected. The religious leaders taught that the shepherds simply weren't good enough for God, that they could not be made right with God. In fact, shepherds could not keep up with the religious rules of the day. And so it's no wonder they always wondered where they stood with God. They felt distant. Now, why did the shepherds feel distant? I'm gonna give you three specific reasons if you're taking notes today. The first reason that the shepherds felt distant from God they felt unworthy. They felt unworthy. And honestly, many of us would feel this way. Right? They were outcasts in Israel. They, they were taught specifically, you're not good enough for religion, which translated to you're not good enough for God. And the reason is that they were nomads. They were wanderers. Their job would take them on the road for, for weeks at a time. Like, kind of like a modern-day trucker might go on the road for like 10 days at a time. Shepherds would go on the road for weeks, if not months. 
which that prevented them from coming back to the temple to perform the religious duties. They were declared ceremonially unclean. In other words, they were not right with God because they couldn't perform the religious duties because their job responsibilities wouldn't allow it. So as you can imagine, that made them feel distant. You can also imagine they, they didn't smell very good, right? They hung out with sheep. So how do you think they smelled, right? Not good. Has anybody been around sheep? Yeah, I've been around sheep. Yeah, I've been around sheep a lot. Actually, every year at the fair, I walk down that aisle and smell them every time, and those things stink so bad. But they didn't have any truck stops to go take a shower and clean up. So they just didn't smell good. They felt distant. They they were not only physically dirty, but even more damaging to their soul, they were spiritually dirty. So much so that a religious person would not even touch a shepherd. Because if they touched them, that would make them become unclean. So you can only imagine how unworthy they felt. The reality is, I think that's the way many of us can feel. Like we come into church on a day like today and we try to put on this church face and, and we try to do good, we try to look the part, but we know all the bad things that we've done. And we begin to think, well, if I know what I've done wrong and people have probably seen what I've done wrong, then how could God ever love someone who's done what I've done? And then you begin to look around at everyone else, especially at Christmas time, right? Everybody looks so Christmassy in their pajamas and sweaters today, I love it, right? Everybody looks so holy and righteous, but for me, if I'm honest, like I struggled to get out of bed on time. We rushed out the door. My kids are upset because they didn't get a prize from the table because I forgot to lead them in their God time this week. And I'm supposed to be the spiritual leader in my family. Yeah, I struggle, I feel unworthy. They felt unworthy. The second thing is they begin to feel inadequate. They felt very inadequate. See, they were uneducated. They never felt like they measured up in society. And it's amazing when we begin to compare ourselves to others, how inadequate we start to feel, right? Ladies, maybe you go into your friend's home and their house is perfect. Smells like candles, the floor is clean, the kid's hair's brushed, right? You come into your own house, it smells like laundry, right? It's because you've left the laundry in the washer again, because you forgot to move it to the dryer again. You haven't swept or mopped your floors in weeks and you can't even find your kid's hairbrush, right? You feel so um, inadequate. We feel so inadequate when we compare ourselves. And even worse, spiritually, when they compared themselves, they felt very inadequate. See, one of the rules of religion was you had to keep the Sabbath, right? Meaning one day a week, you had to take a whole day of total rest, 24 hours. Shepherds, because of their job, they had to be with the sheep 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They were not able to take a whole day of total rest. So physically, they could not do everything they were supposed to do. They felt like constant spiritual failures. And honestly, sometimes we're like that. We tend to look around at other people and we, we start to point out like, well, well, they seem so close to God. Like, like they've got a Bible verse for everything and, and their prayers are so powerful and you're thinking like, man, the last time I prayed, it was more like, God, help me not kill the person who just cut me off in traffic, right? Like we feel so unspiritual. And this way is how they felt. They felt very unworthy. They felt very inadequate. And the third challenge that the shepherds would have had was they felt unloved. In reality, most of them were thieves. But the sad fact is even the ones that weren't thieves, they were known as thieves. They were not trusted. 
People wanted to stay a far distance from them. In fact, they were so distrusted that a shepherd was never even allowed to give a testimony in a court case because no one would trust them. They wanted to get married, but no father was gonna bless the marriage with a shepherd because they were so low, they were so filthy, they were uneducated, and they had no hopes of a better future. They felt incredibly unloved. The reality is, I think that's the way many of us in here or watching online today might feel. You feel unloved. Maybe some of you here, when you were little, your dad left you when you were a kid. And you're wondering, like, what did I do that was so wrong? Like, what's wrong with me? Why couldn't he stick around? Why didn't he love me? There may be some of you that are gonna have Christmas this year without your spouse because your spouse chose someone else. Or maybe they just said, you know what? I don't love you anymore. And you're looking at yourself going like, what did I do wrong? I tried, I did the best I could. And you feel unloved. Some of you, you may look in a mirror and you don't even like the person looking back at you. You don't even love yourself and you begin to think, well, well, if they don't love me and I don't love me, then how could God ever love me? And it's so amazing to me. It's so amazing to me to think about the differences between perception and reality. Right, perception on a day like this in church is you can look around and you can think, well, well he's got it together and she's got it together or they're more successful than I am or, or maybe they got a good family. But what you don't even know is what they're going through. The person on the rows right around you, right next to you, you have no idea the pain that they are dealing with right now. You may be sitting right next to someone who looks incredibly successful, has more money than you, has more things than you, but inside they're carrying such a burden. They're carrying so much pain. They don't feel like they have anyone close enough to them that they can open up to. You feel unworthy, inadequate, unloved. And you say, well, Matt, thanks, thanks. I'm glad I'm in church today, right? No, you say, what does this have to do with the Christmas story? Well, let me tell you, I'd say this has everything to do with the Christmas story. The reality is that God came here. Christmas is all about how God came here. Emmanuel, God came here to earth to be with us, the real us, however unworthy, however inadequate, however unloved you may feel. And what's really cool to me is that he intentionally sent an angel. He sent an angel to deliver this news to a group of people just like us. A group of people who before Jesus had no means of connecting with him. See, religion did not work for the shepherds. In fact, religion actually made the shepherds feel more distant from God. And the reality is religion doesn't work for us. See, God did not send Jesus to bring religion into the world, but in so many ways, he sent Jesus to set us free from religion, to give us something that's so much better. You see, what, what religion does is religion actually reduces Christianity to a bunch of rules. Like, like if I do the right thing, then I feel better about myself. Or if I don't do the wrong thing, then I, I start to feel better about myself. And if any of you do that, then I have the right to look down on you because I'm holier than you. I, I'm more religious than you. I, I, I obey more rules than you do. And Jesus, Jesus came into the world and he looked at that behavior and he said, that makes me sick, right? Look at what he said to the Pharisees. He said, you're so focused on the outside, yet the inside is filthy. The outside looks clean, but the inside, what really matters is filthy. He said, you missed the entire point. You see, religion did not work for the shepherds and it doesn't work for us because Christianity was never meant to be a religion. 
It was meant to be a relationship with God. See, that's why God sent a person. That's why God sent a real life person to be here with us, Jesus, his son. And that's the good news. And this was such good news for the shepherds because they lived in a society where the Pharisees tried to obey 613 laws. They were trying to obey 613 laws to which the shepherds just physically couldn't do it. Their occupation prohibited them from obeying the law. Now the good news is this. You can't even do it. You can't even do it yourself if you tried. So why do we have the law? Like what is the purpose of the law? The law has a purpose. Its purpose is to show us our need for a savior. And when you realize that you need a savior, you're gonna recognize this. Religion cannot save you. Religion cannot save you. When you recognize yourself as a sinner, then you won't be looking for salvation through religion, but you'll be looking through salvation through a person. And on that night, 2,000 years ago, when that angel stood up there and said, I bring you good news, that was the savior that we were looking for. 2,000 years ago, he came to the world. Look at what the angel said. He said, do not be afraid. I bring you good news. Good news that will cause great joy for the priests? No, for everyone. Good news, great joy for all people. See, that's the good news that we now have access to God through Jesus Christ. Good news that, that brings great joy for all people. Can you imagine how it felt for the shepherds that night? Like, they now have access to God. They were just blown away. They, they had incredible joy. And honestly, I think that's our only response when we realize what God has done for us, that God came to bring joy to the world. God came to bring joy to the world. I wanna spend the rest of our time today looking at this joy and, and joy that we can have in our lives today. That's the message the angel delivered to the shepherds, that God came to bring great joy into this kind of world, not a perfect world, but the world we live in. See, the truth is, if I'm waiting for perfect circumstances to have joy, then I'll be waiting forever. How do you find the kind of joy that, that lasts through the circumstances, the difficulty, the good, the bad? See, I wanna talk to you about three truths that will bring joy from this first Christmas story, and the first one is simple. Joy is here. Joy is right where you are. It's right where you're living. You can find joy right where you are today. This is just like the shepherds. They discovered it right where they were. Look at verse eight. And it says, and there were shepherds in the temple. No. And there were shepherds in the fields. They were in their workplace. They were in the office, right? They were in the, in the factory, wherever their job was. And the, and the angel appeared directly to them. The angel came to them right where they were. See, joy shows up in the middle of life. They weren't looking for it. That's where God shows up for you and me. See, maybe the best news for you today is that, that this joy doesn't cost a thing. It's free. If we just slow down and actually look up long enough to see it. Look up long enough to see what's going on around us. See, I had this conversation with some of our students just a few weeks ago. Like, if you ever look around you during those unstructured moments in life, like for students, this would be like waiting for a school bus or, or maybe in the cafeteria. For us, maybe more relatable is like in an airport. Those moments where there's not something we're focused on, look at what everyone's doing. Everyone has their head down to their devices. Now, if I'm honest, for me, I have to force myself to put my phone in my pocket and look up. Like look around, see what's going on in your world. 
Take time to enjoy the things that are in your life right now. Enjoy those moments with your kids. Enjoy that extra time you get as you wait to leave today. Take time because going through COVID last year and seeing what we see this year, like those are the moments that we miss. Those extra days at grandma's at Christmas or those times that we get to spend together. Those same moments that seem to cause us so much pain and agony. Those are exactly what we miss when it's gone. Find the joy in life today. It's here. It's right here. Number two is joy. Joy is sent. Joy is a message that God sent to the shepherds. Look at the next verse. It says, do not be afraid. I bring you good news. You don't have to go find it. I'm bringing it right to you. It's something that God sends to us. Now, people, people try to work their whole lives, try to work harder to get it. Some try to maybe ignore bad stuff or, or pretend that it's not around, but you won't end up joyful. At best, you wind up a workaholic or maybe blissfully unaware, but you don't have to go find it. Joy is sent to you. You could spend the rest of your, of your life trying to find what God has already sent and still miss it. Joy is not something that's created from within. It's something that's sent to us from God. And if it's sent from above, then we need to start to look at what God says will bring us joy. Our culture is constantly pulling us in so many different directions, right? Marketing ads telling us to buy this product and your life will be easier. Or go get this degree and you will be successful. Or make this much money and you will be happy. But happiness is fleeting. And if you've ever tried to rely on something else to bring you joy, then you already know this. Everything in the world will ultimately let you down. That new car, ah, oh, smells so good when you drive it off the lot, right? And then only a few months later, it's got a scratch in the door, the back of the seat's falling off, and the payment's due again. Or that new job, I mean, I struggled all the way through college, but now I got that first paycheck, and, and I'm holding it in my hand, and I'm like, wow. And I'm no longer struggling to make ends meet, right? Then only a few months later, I've outgrown my budget again. And now, now we're stressed again, and only this time, it's a new kind of stress with bigger and better payments. See, none of this will bring us joy. What does that look like for you? What does it look like for us? Well, we're actually gonna be talking about this in January. We're gonna be talking through a series all about this, and I wanna encourage you right now to put it on your calendar. That's a choice that you can make today that you're gonna be here in January to learn more about it. But for today, I wanna share one verse. John 15, 11, Jesus tells us, I have told you so this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. What did he tell us? Follow my commands. Just follow my commands. All 613, no. Jesus simplified it to two. Love God, love people. Listen, that's a core value for us as a church, that living God's way is better, and it truly is. If you ever want to experience joy in your life, love God and love people. And that love for people leads me to number three, that joy, joy is shared. Joy is something that you can't bottle up. You can't keep it yourself. You have to go share it. See, everyone around you will know when you have joy. I have an eight-year-old daughter, right? Whenever she has joy, everyone knows, you can tell, it's on her face, it's all over her. The shepherds, the shepherds had so much joy that they went and told everyone. See, after the angel appeared to them, what did they do? Everybody knows the story, right? They went and saw Jesus. They actually saw God in the flesh. And afterwards, it says in verse 17, when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they'd been told, concerning the angel that came to them, and then they found it. 
right? And all who heard it were amazed. All who heard it were amazed at what they had seen and what they had heard. You see, people, people need good news. And when the shepherds told the people, they were amazed. So what can we do to share the joy that we have in Christ? Look up and hear this. Share what you have. Just share what you have. That's it. That could look a lot different for each one of us. If River Ridge, for example, has been a blessing to you, then maybe you wanna invite somebody. Invite them to one of our Christmas Eve services coming up this week. I mean, just to be honest, people are more willing to attend in the holiday season anyways. Invite them to come with you. Statistics actually say that 82% of people are willing to attend church if they are invited by a close friend. You can't contain joy. Share that joy. Maybe it's just taking time to listen to someone. Like go to lunch one day this week with a coworker, right? Let them talk to you. Give them permission. And then ask them if there's anything that you can pray for them about. You know, I've been to a lot of lunches with our volunteers in student ministry and I've yet to have one reject prayer. Life's tough. We all have things that we're dealing with. Share the joy that you have with them. Maybe, maybe for you, God has blessed you financially. Pay for someone's meal. Today at lunch, today, when you go there, pay for their meal. And I, I know that's not much, but for you it's not much, but for them it might change their eternity. It might give them a new hope in life. For those of us who know Christ, just share Christ. Just share Christ. I don't know if there's ever been anything more fulfilling in my life than actually leading someone to a saving faith through Christ. To be honest, it's why I'm here today. It's why I chose to go to ministry because it is overwhelming joy in my life to share that with others. So as we reflect, when the music plays, I wanna ask you to sit down and reflect on your life. Remember, it's who you are, not what you've done that brought Jesus to the earth. And that God loves you so much that he sent his son here, right here on earth so that we can have a relationship with him. And that's good news. That's great joy for all people. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for sending Jesus. God, thank you so much for choosing to come onto this earth to be with us. A bunch of people that are filthy and, and like the shepherds, unworthy of your love. God, thank you for giving us Jesus to allow us to have access to you. God, right now, I just wanna lift up every person, whether they're watching online or in the room, God, that you would just help them find that joy in their life. Help them to be able to see what's around them today, to be able to make an impact on somebody else. God, thank you for allowing us to come to your house today to worship you and to hear this message. God, we love you and praise you. Amen.